Amen. Thank you, choir. Whew! I just said you could probably preach after that. We'll see. Pastor Edgar mentioned the um, the prayer room. <clears throat> I went in the prayer room Thursday morning. We started, no, it was Wednesday morning. Yeah, before it started on Thursday morning at 12.01. Just went in to see what it, was look, what it looked like. No one was around. Just see what was going on. And, and I walked in the room, and I started crying. I mean, I didn't say anything. I didn't expect it. I was just looking at the room. I walk in the room, and these tears started flowing down my cheeks. Couldn't stop crying. And I'm amazed at how many people, not everybody, and that's okay, not everybody, but how many people have that kind of experience. Just sitting in the presence of God. Now, some people say, well, I didn't get a chance to sign up. Well, my response is, first of all, you're too slow. But that's true. There were only 240 slots, and some people signed up a couple times. Shame on them, but they did. So what we're going to do is we're going to add some time. If you want to sign up, now the 24, 10, 24 hours of prayer, 10 days is is completed on the day of Pentecost, the World Day of Prayer, on May 31st. But we'll have sheets after that, and we'll keep doing it as long as people keep signing up. Okay, so just be aware of that. I want to tell you something. You don't want to miss it. Don't miss it. You know, this thing, this, this week I was thinking about one thing. I was thinking about the one thing in my life that's most important? What is it? Answer this question for me. What is the one thing that is really important to you? I mean, I mean that really gets your attention. That really makes those inner juices flow. That, that one thing that excites you like nothing else. Apparently, a lot of people in our world are thinking about that, are talking about that. So I googled, I love doing this, the two words, one thing. And what came up, among other things, was over 50 songs with the title, with one thing in the title somewhere. Now, admittedly, some of the titles were one thing, but for the most part, it was one thing. Like, one thing I need, one thing left to do, one thing can hold us, one thing to try, and etc., etc. Also, 908,600 sites came up of books and other things that have one thing in the title somewhere. Like this one. One thing you need to know about great managing great leading, and sustained individual success. I was out of breath just reading that. Or here's another one. Just one thing. Twelve of the world's best investors reveal one strategy you can't overlook. One thing. Or how about this one? The speed of trust. One thing that changes everything. It seemed to me like everybody is talking about, singing about, or writing about one thing, whatever it may be. 
The reason why so many people do that is because it grabs our attention. If we're walking along and we hear somebody say, now there's, there, there's one thing that can change your life, our ears perk up. If we're walking along and we hear somebody say, one thing, this one thing will make an entire complete difference in your life, we listen. This one thing will put you on the path to greater fulfillment in life, we listen. Do this one thing and lose 30 pounds. I think it's called Evercleanse or something, I, I don't know. I don't think I'm supposed to say that, but that's just what popped into mind. One thing. One thing. We're walking along here. Somebody talk about one thing. Well, shh, shh, listen, listen. They're talking about one thing. There's this one thing. I want to hear this. It seems like everyone is talking about, singing about, and writing about <laughs> just one thing. World War II, or I'm sorry, World War I was called the War that would end all wars. See, the idea was that it was so bad that, that surely the, the world would lose its appetite for war after something so terrible as World War I, the war, war to end all wars. Over 70 million military personnel were deployed and mobilized. Over 15 million people were killed making it the deadliest conflict in human history. The war that was supposed to end all wars. The Salvation Army, at that time, had a relatively small part in serving the troops in World War I. Yet, when many soldiers got home after the war, they were talking about how impressed they were, how grateful and thankful they were for the Salvation Army. They didn't have that big of a part in World War I. They did have a part, but not something huge. After the war, the Salvation Army received from all corners of the world high praise and a lot of publicity, more than they'd ever received before. Why? Why did they receive all these accolades and all this publicity? Because they focused on one thing. That one thing that they focused on were donuts. They passed out donuts to the soldiers. That's all they did. Yeah, they shared Christ um, just by their attitudes and just being there, but all they did was pass out donuts. And they did it well. You see, the soldiers, they were all homesick. They wanted to go home. They thought about home. They were homesick all the time, and then somebody from the Salvation Army would bring them a donut, and just for a moment, just for a moment, those soldiers would forget where they were and smell the donut and eat the donut and think of home. It greatly impacted those soldiers. The Salvation Army did one thing, and they did it well. And the war that was to end all wars helped put the Salvation Army on the world's map more than ever before because they did just one thing. See, one thing can make a difference. What is that one thing in your life that is most important to you? I mean that one thing that really gets your attention, that gets those inner juices flowing. What is that most important thing in your life? I would love to hear every single person's answer to that this morning because it tells a lot about us. 
when we're really honest about what is that one thing that is most important to us. Way back in the Old Testament, David answers that question, for him at least, in Psalm 27. If you'd turn with me to Psalm 27, we're going to read just a few verses. Psalm 27. This is a beautiful passage of Scripture. The whole psalm should be read in its entirety. We're going to read just four verses this morning. Psalm 27, starting with verse 1. Listen to this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advanced against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. Here in verse 4 is David's one thing. One thing I ask of the Lord. This is what I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. David's one thing was God's presence. David's one thing was God. Now, I know you expect me to say these kinds of things. I know it probably doesn't surprise anyone that one thing is God. You see, David longed for God. David's heart ached for God. Yes, he stumbled. Yes, he sinned against God. But when it was all said and done, David was called, he was known for being a man after God's own heart. David's one thing that grabbed his attention, that got those inner juices flowing, that was most important to him, was God. One thing I ask, this is what I seek, God. Our greatest desire, brothers and sisters, should be more of Him. I'm going to say it again, give you a chance to say amen, because it really encourages me to go on. So, here you go, get ready. Our greatest desire should be, that's for you and me, their greatest desire should be more of Him. All right, now I can go on. The first question of the Westminster Shorter Catechism is this. What is man's chief end? The answer is, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Listen now. To enjoy Him forever. Starting right now. God is enjoyable. What is your one thing? Think with me now. How does your one thing match up with this? Something that is enjoyable forever. Is your one thing, if it's not God, is it a forever thing? Is it something that can, be, that can be enjoyable forever, all through this life and eternity, down to the depths of who we really are? God is enjoyable like nothing else is. To be in God's presence is pleasurable. 
Got an illustration of that this week. Numerous ones. People coming out of the prayer room. Just tears in their eyes saying, Oh, the presence of God. I, I can't wait till next Sunday because we're going to give some of the testimonies from the prayer room on the global day of prayer and the day of Pentecost. We're going to talk about what God did in people's lives when they spent an hour in His presence. God's presence is enjoyable. Well, Pastor Chuck, you know, that sounds good, 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 good. But that's not my experience. I mean, I've been hanging around the church all my life or most of my life. And really, you know, God isn't that pleasurable to me. I, I like Him. I even say I love Him. But He really isn't my one thing. He doesn't do it for me. Well, then I ask again, what is your one thing? What is it that is most important to you. Do you know what will impact your children, moms and dads more than anything else, absolutely anything else? Is when they see in mom and dad that God is my one thing. If they see modeled before them that God is absolutely first in my life, that, brothers and sisters, will impact your kids and mine more than anything else. Because God is, is pleasurable. David's one thing was God. This one thing I ask, one thing I seek, God. Now, not seeking God like we normally have done it through my lifetime in the church. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that kind of seeking God. No, no, no. See, what David meant and what I'm talking about is this seeking God that, has, that we have this deep ache in our souls for God. We have this I can't get enough of Him feeling every, in our every waking moment. Good night, Pastor Chuck. Is that really possible? Every waking moment? Man, maybe not. I don't know. I can't claim that I ache for God every conscious moment of my life. But I can tell you this, I'm aching for Him more than I ever have before. And He is responding to me like never before. You see, there's this connection my seeking Him with all of my heart and His flowing in and through me with everything He has. I will be your God, He says. You will be my people. See, what I'm talking about is this renewed focus on God. Nobody here this morning is where they could be spiritually. Nobody here this morning has everything they can possibly have from God. It's a journey. It's a lifestyle of seeking God and Him pouring Himself into my life. Until He is your one thing, you're missing out on the most joyful, fulfilling lifestyle that is absolutely possible on this earth. Amen. One thing. God. Psalm 84, verses 10 and 11 says this. Psalm 84, <clears throat> verses 10 and 11. 
Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. Thousands elsewhere. Isn't that what it says? I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Now now think about that a minute. I would rather be in the presence of God, my one thing, than experience anything this world has to offer. (laughs) I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than dwell in the tents of of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing, no good thing, no good thing does He withhold from those whose walk is blameless. One thing, most important, God. In this relationship with God, there's joy, there's happiness, there's contentment, there's fulfillment, there's eternal life. How does your one thing match up with that? Psalm 73, verse 25 says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And being with you, being with you, I desire nothing on earth. I desire nothing on earth because I have tasted the wonderful Blessing of God, and nothing compares to that. David's one thing was God's presence, God Himself. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul gives us his one thing. David's one thing was God. Paul's one thing is found in verses 13 and 14 of Philippians chapter 3. Listen to this. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. There it is. One thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This one thing I do. Everything else is second to this one thing. What is this one thing? Well, in essence, it's God too. Paul's one thing is the presence of God to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The presence of God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, (laughs) not pursuing God like we have during my lifetime that I've seen. Not, not, Not like that. Not like that. No, no, no. It's pursuing God with this consistent ache in the depths of our souls. Uh, Yeah, 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 Pastor Chuck. We heard about it. We've got it. We cry, Uncle. We've heard it. All right. But here's the deal. All this intimacy with God, all this intimacy with God's stuff that I've been harping about lately, All this prayer business, prayer meeting, prayer room, prayer this, prayer that, etc. All that stuff 
will not be on your radar screen or mine unless and until your one thing truly is God. Like it was for David and Paul. One thing I ask, this one thing I do. You see, it's really giving God His rightful place in our lives. And after all, why wouldn't we give God His rightful place in our lives? It's letting God define what our one thing is. It's letting God be that one thing, that most important thing. When I was a boy, I used to watch John Wayne movies. Let me try this. John Wayne would saunter into town. Never was good at this, but it's my best shot. And he'd walk right up to the bad guy and he'd say, Pilgrim, this town ain't big enough for the both of us. And then he'd saunter back to the jail, (laughs) wherever. And at the end of the movie, the bad guy would end up in a pine box on his way to Boot Hill. And John Wayne would be riding off in the sunset with his 10-gallon hat on all the... You know, you've been... You've seen that? You really? This town ain't big enough for the both of us. Well, let me just, uh, in the context of, of John Wayne, let me just say that there is not enough room in your heart and mine for two one things. Now, now stick with me here. You see, what a lot of us do, it seems to me, is we say God's first, we talk like God's first, but if, you follow, if we follow you around, you don't act like God's first. There's other things that are first. So in essence, what you have is two one things. God, because we say He is, and you know we, we come to church and all that stuff, but in our everyday life, something else is that one thing. And brothers and sisters, this heart ain't big enough for two one things. Our heart, the very center of our lives, was only made for God. He's the only one thing that can fit in there. See, God is a lot different from the Duke John Wayne. God comes in only when He is invited And God stays as long as He truly is your one thing. You see, I think the problem is, if I can say it that way, I think it has been this for a long time, is we've let other things creep into what is most important to us. We have an enemy whose number one job is to replace God in your life and mine. Not take Him out of our lives. Read the Old Testament about the Jewish folk. 
Not take Him out of our lives, but add other things to our lives that are equally important. When that happens in your life and mine, He's got us. What is your one thing? That thing that's most important in your life. It seems that everyone is talking about, singing about, or writing about that one thing, whatever it is. What's yours? Your answer and mine says a lot about us. How does your one thing and mine match up with David's and Paul's? God's presence. God himself. You see, um, I just believe, brothers and sisters, and you know, I just think this is true, that, that we don't have much time left. I mean, I just don't believe we do. I don't believe we have time as the body of Christ to be hypocritical, shallow, or petty anymore. It's time for all of us to grab on to that one thing once and for all and really be followers of God. See, there's too much at stake and there's not much time left. What we need is a church, a body of Christ, where everyone has God as their one thing. David said, one thing I ask, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in the temple. Paul said, but this one thing I do, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. God. Seeking Him. Longing for Him. Straining for Him even through the tough days of life. Straining. I press on straining for Him. It's that important to me. Never giving up. It's God. God is my one thing. How about you? You know, brothers and sisters, God has a plan for His children to live a life right here in this world that is fulfilling, joyful, humble, effective, relevant, right here. It's time for us, as the body of Christ, to embrace it and live it and take the world for Christ. It's time. And if you and I have been slackers, it's time to say, God, forgive us and help me by your grace to be all that you've called me to be. And I guarantee you this, every person here today has a call from God. Every person here today, even you. Now, what are you going to do with it? My one thing. Is this true, God? Can I say this honestly? My one thing is God. Father, 
Oh, we need you. There is so much at stake these days. It seems like there are parts of our society that are coming unraveled. It seems like things are getting serious. It seems like, Lord, that You need a holy people today more than ever before. And we can only be that by Your grace and through the power of the Holy Spirit living and working in us and through us. So, Lord, would You help us to turn our backs on what Satan has offered us all these years? The lies of Satan. Help us, Lord, to say, get behind me, Satan. Help us to go straight toward the goal of the prize that God is calling us heavenward in Christ Jesus. One thing, one thing, I pray that for everyone sitting here today, that their one thing would be you. Whatever obstacles, Lord, in each of our lives that need to be destroyed in order for us to put You first, I pray that You would do it in the power of the Spirit right now. We desperately need You, Lord. You are calling us. I hear it. I hear You calling us, Lord. You always do. You are faithful. Help us to listen and obey. One thing. I ask one thing I seek. It's You. In Jesus' name. Let's stand together. As we sing this morning,